you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson. Also available wherever podcasts can be found in the audio realm. And, of course, we tape it live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson. We're on the road to Hell in a Cell. That's coming up this Sunday. Of course, we're going to be doing our live reactions to that our watch along to that over at twitch and right now at friendo club tv the supercut of our live reactions oh, is available you can watch that cool. right now over at friendo club tv that's a lot of fun it's a lot of ooing and awing. um we're going to talk about wwe raw today and see where hell in a cell seems to be headed and uh we're going to talk about uh, uh jeff hardy perhaps uh, did, you know, maybe need to dial it down a little bit. Uh, but first, got the latest on the big story over the past week or so. MJF and AEW and their contract situation. Larson, yeah. please, what's the latest? Uh, so let's go back to yesterday after we finished our video. Uh, Fightful Select had an update on this ongoing saga between MJF and AEW reporting that he was still in Vegas and was scheduled to meet with Tony Khan at 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday. While Fightful has been clear uh, throughout this whole uh, 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 thing with MJF and AEW, uh, that it's been a work. Him missing me. Sorry, a shoot. Sorry, not a work. Not a work. Uh, <laughs> that MJF, no show in the meet and greet. Not a work. That. So much there's so there's so much debate. You know, I don't envy Sean Ross. I know, I know. I don't know I why know. that dude just doesn't, you know, man. We all we all pick the battles, but man, ooh, they the people come after Sean, man. They do, they do. Uh people so, come after him. So uh yeah, him meet, uh, missing no showing the meet and greet, not a work. Him having a flight booked for him to return to the East Coast prior to double or nothing, not a work. Uh, however, they could not confirm whether this planned meeting was a work or not because when they asked uh, sources in AEW, quote, no follow-up answer was provided, which was a first throughout the situation. So, to recap, missing the meet and greet. Not a work. That's real. Let's go yeah. back to our kayfabe corner days. Uh, so let's fast fake. forward even further back. 
uh, argument in April about uh, 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 MJF. Contract stuff. And having the, a contract. The interview, interview stuff, yeah. Real. Real. Uh, MJF no show in his meet and greet. Real. Uh, MJF apparently having a flight booked for him to return to the East Coast prior to double or nothing. Real. Uh, this meeting between Tony Khan and MJF that unknown happened yesterday. Exactly. Unknown. Whether so, it's real or part of something that they are cooking up as a story. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. I mean, I guess they could take real life events and then use that. I mean, this happens all the time in wrestling. But it's yeah, it's 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 unconfirmed. Like, what is this? Look, if the, is this meeting going to play out like on Dynamite? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> like, if, if obviously we know it's a work then, but otherwise, like yeah. that's you know, yeah. But it's entirely possible if they sit down this meeting, or, or if they sat down this meeting and work things out. Who's to say they don't take aspects of of what happened in real life to use for storyline? It's entirely well, look, possible. Man, the pro wrestling world that happens. His yeah, this is this has happened time and time again, and MJF especially even Cody. Before, you know, before yeah. he left, he alluded to, you know, getting a contract from Tony, not the one not he wanted. The one I had hoped for. Right. And uh, and MJF has been no different. Yeah. You know, he's been talking about and Tony, I think he's even mentioned, hey, it's not a terrible thing to have the the world, the, the fantasy of pro wrestling and the real world collide sometimes and yeah. inspire one, it's one of the, of the few uh, creative mediums where that really happens on a regular basis. Pretty weird. Yeah, it is pretty weird. Uh, anyways, PW Insider confirmed that MJF was still in Vegas as of yesterday and added, quote, there was some talent upset with him over the situation. The belief among those we've spoken to today is that while there was some sort of agreement made to get through double or nothing, nothing has been resolved regarding the court issues between the two sides. We are told they are more likely to sit down and try to work something now than they were a few days ago. So there is at least a chance the ice is thawing, which is great news. I mean, if, yeah. if, if, if MJF brought up issues he has and Tony Khan is willing to address those issues and all it takes is, is, is a, a place and time where they could sit down and discuss those issues and hopefully work something out. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. So, but in the event, this being didn't go well and MJF is like, I'm done with AEW. I want out question is WWE would they still be interested according to Wayne Keller and like common sense the answer to that is yes <laughs> um, on the latest PW Torch audio show this is what Keller had to say quote a source within WWE with knowledge of MJF stature among top WWE management indicates MJF is coveted and will likely be given a lucrative contract offer in fact it's more than one source give me information that with a big overlap on this, more than one source says the treatment Cody has received by WWE on and off air has given MJF a good impression of how he'd be featured in WWE if he were to make the jump. In other words, if Cody was buried or was given promises that, that were kept, maybe MJF would be, I promises that weren't kept. Maybe MJF would be handling this differently. One source in WWE told me that MJF is seen as such commodity that his recent and tractable behavior on and off air with AEW wouldn't deter Vince McMahon from making him a lucrative offer. Although a falling out with AEW could take away considerable leverage for MJF, MJF's value at WWE would remain high. They need people. He's young. He's good. And he'd be paid accordingly, regardless of his reputation in AEW. Now, maybe that changes a little bit with the headaches that Vince McMahon feels Sasha Banks and Naomi put him through, but maybe not. But his reputation in general might take a blow if details about his latest interactions with Khan and AEW reflect poorly on his professionalism. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. You know, it's like if you if you if you no show events trying to look Vince has dealt with Ultimate Warrior, you know, like he's been there plenty of time and plenty of other people. He's been there plenty of times. This is nothing new. Uh, But uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. If if you're MJF, 2024 is not that far away. You don't and look, and this is this is where the reckless speculation comes in. We are not him. We're not in his headspace. We have no idea what he's doing. No. But this is a pro wrestling podcast, so it's like you and I both know time moves fast. It does. He doesn't wrestle that much. Nope. Most of his work is done on the mic, mm-hmm. and then he's saved as a special attraction type wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, man, don't you just sort of run it straight until? January 2024 and then and and just build up uh, try to try to achieve as much as you can in AEW build up that name as much as you can and then just have that get that huge payday in 2024 because then you have all the leverage not just some of the leverage all of it I know I know all and, of the leverage and we talked about that I think on the double or nothing recap you know like is 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 by 
going through this in AEW is, is, is this lessening the leverage and therefore lessening the dollar amount he could potentially earn in 2024? We don't know. I'm sure, I mean, if, you know, as Keller says, and we thought too, WWE will want him regardless if he's a free agent now, next month, two months from now, or two years from now. They're going to want him. Mm-hmm. The only matter is how much money they're going to be willing to give him. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have the leverage of a competing AEW contract offer, and he can't play the two sides off each other and raise the dollar amount, yeah, it's possible he get a good, a good deal, maybe a really good deal for WWE. It might not be what it would be had he waited another 18 months. And then, it, like you exactly just said, have them play against each other. Yeah, man, you got to play this smart. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this all goes. I mean, I don't know, man, if, if he, sometimes you're just stuck between the rock and a hard place, man. You know, it's like, well, I want that more money now, but I don't want to sign on for a longer period of time. You just got to make a choice. You know, you got to decide, okay, well, what, do, what, do, I got to do something here. Can't just uh, perpetually exist. Um, so anyways, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Another uh, interesting thing to see how it's playing out is uh, Jeff Hardy and his health. Because, my God, since he got to AEW, this dude has been putting his body through the ringer. And it seems to be catching up with him. So he was recently advertised for a 10-man tag match at this upcoming Wednesday's Dynamite. And subsequently was pulled from said match on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. Dave Meltzer mentioned that Jeff was beat up pretty uh, was beat up going into Double or Nothing. Stating this, and these transcripts come to you via Wrestle Talk. Jeff was a mess going into the match. From what I was told, it was really the Darby Allen match. He's beat up. That Darby Allen match was rough. It was rough. And if you look, it's funny because it's oftentimes the little things that kind of go not that notice. And even with a match like that, which had a bunch of spectacular big moments, when Darby Allen comes off that tall ladder, I watched this replay like 20 times after the fact while I was doing the editing afterwards. I was trying to find a good thumbnail of that spot, Mm -hmm. the big ladder spot. Mm -hmm. Jeff's head hits hard against the chair, Mm -hmm. against the chair that's sitting there. He tries his best to sort of break Darby's fall and you see his head, if you really pay attention, it's slammed like all the weight of Darby coming down all that, you know, that that velocity there mm-hmm. hitting Jeff in the head and then his head slamming against the chair. And you can even see it in the match right afterwards. You remember? Yeah, yeah. Darby had to adjust a couple things because Jeff was slow. Yeah. And he looked he looked mentally slow in that match at double or nothing and just physically beat up. You know, yeah, I mean the 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 physical aspect him like even back to to WWE a while when he was still there. He'd start a match and then, you know, uh, a certain point in the match it just seems like he was slowing down like he wouldn't be able to move as quickly. He'd have a little bit of uh, a walk with a little bit of a limp. You know, it's wrestling wrestlers sell during the course of the match, but at the same time he's put his body through a ton. A ton. Yeah. In yeah. the twenty plus years he's been doing this, an mm-hmm. absolute ton of physical just stuff that that it's shocking that he could still wrestle, you know, and he yeah. still does it as we saw with the Derby match, um, and it's it's got it seemingly has caught up with him, you know, even outside of that Derby match, it seems like he's moving much more slowly, physically having issues getting around the ring, that Derby match I'm sure compounded things, and I know at double or nothing, I know he his boot ripped or something like that, which seemed to be part of it, but also the physical toll of his wrestling style is catching up with them. And hopefully, you know, now that they got this win over the Young Bucks, he can dial things back, maybe wrestle far less frequently. Um, well, let, let me ask you something. Let me stop you there. Is 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 one thing that Tony Khan might have to learn, and we know he doesn't always respond to criticism well, Yeah, uh, but... At some point, do you have to start telling some of your wrestlers to like not do certain things? I'm sure there is an element. Even even the son of a billionaire can probably be starstruck from time to time. He's a mm-hmm. big wrestling fan. Jeff Hardy's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah, he comes in and says, "Hey, they wouldn't let me do all this shit in WWE." I'm sure Jeff Hardy's probably. I, I don't know that it would be Tony Khan saying, "Hey, you want to do some crazy shit?" Yeah, he gives. He he seemingly gives his wrestlers lots of freedom. Yeah. At a certain point, do you say do you do you tell Sting, hey, you did the big splash last time. You don't need to do it this time. That was a big deal. That's good enough. 
you can dial it back a bit. We were just getting you on for cinematic matches. We were lucky to have you in the in in the ring in the arena live wrestling. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be doing the big splashes every time. Well, at least and with, similarly to Jeff Hardy, dial it down a little. I bit. I will say, well, at least with Sting, that stuff. Well, it's like every time he has a match, he has a high spot like that. He wrestles so infrequently. You know, yeah, he wrestles like, like five, six times those, a year, maybe. There were like two of those big spots, like week, like it was like a week separated. Yeah, I know, I know. But by and large, he doesn't wrestle very often. So if and he has right, a spot, but he has that time. one instance is what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, do you yeah, need yeah. the second one? You but know I'm what saying I mean? Because the, the second one can be the entire rest of his career is I my know, point. But the point is, at least with Sting, he does, apart from those two matches that were kind of back-to-back, he wrestles so infrequently that he could do a high spot and take the time to recover, whereas Jeff has always kind of had a regular schedule. You know, he might do a match like the Darby one, really physical. Next week, he has to wrestle Adam Cole. Week mm-hmm. after that, he's got to be in this, t- this tag match against the, the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they, rather than telling Jeff, hey, don't do these things, just don't book him to wrestle as often. You know, have well, him on the show, yeah. have him be involved, you know, do backstage stuff, come out with his brother. There's ways he can be involved in the show, as we see with Sting, where he's not wrestling every week. Well, the, yeah, that that's the thing, though. It's like you do like I, I'm not equating Jeff Hardy and Sting wrestling because I know Jeff Hardy wrestles a lot more frequently. But the idea of telling people no seems to be something that. I feel like, I don't know, man, I know I'm a fuddy-duddy and, and I don't like the, the bigger spots. I understand that that's what wrestlers do. That's part of the thrill. I get it. And and if I'm a wrestler promoter, I'm probably saying yeah to a lot of stuff because I get that. That's why I'm not a wrestling promoter. Seems like an awful business. Um, uh, but like I do feel like maybe at a certain point, he's going to have to like tell some of these guys, hey, man, dial it back a bit. I get that you're saying you can do this, right? But as your employer, as the guy who's putting on the the the, the show, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, no, you're going to skip this week. Like you said, you're just going to go out there. You know, you're not going to wrestle week after week after week and, and be expected to put on Jeff Hardy matches. Yeah. You know, you can give them the greatest hits sometimes that don't include. I'm not talking about the greatest hits as in, you know, jumping off the entrance every time. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, you just hit the hit the swanton as your biggest move. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like there needs to be a little bit of that. You know, I understand wanting to give the audience and the crowd, the live crowd, the crowd at home. I understand wanting to give them, you know, the most that they uh, the most bang for their buck. I'm sure Jeff Hardy wants to give the crowd. I think that's true, too, as well. You know, and it's 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 a tough situation where where Jeff comes from WB, where maybe he felt like he wasn't didn't have the latitude to do what he really wanted to do. And and, mm-hmm. I, and he comes to AEW and, and he says it's, it's a real welcoming environment. I'm sure there's a degree of freedom that he's that's that doesn't exist in WWE. And I'm sure that's can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe going up to him and saying, hey, maybe dial it back sometimes would put the thought in his head. Well, this maybe this place isn't that far removed from WWE after all. I don't know. But in terms of managing wrestlers health. Mm hmm. Yeah, there probably should be a conversation, at least with him, to say, if you're going to do spots like this, save it for the the, the major shows. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. just not feel like you got to you got to do a high spot every match on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Combine that with just having him wrestle less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep him involved, backstage stuff. You know, uh, 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 maybe brawls in the ring, but just don't have him wrestle every week or every other week. You know, he, if- he's an attraction. He's a huge name. Yeah. And because of that, he doesn't have to wrestle all the time. People are going to tune in. It's going to be a huge deal when he does wrestle. And people will tune in to watch it. Yeah, just him showing up, I think, is 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 enough, especially with how loaded the roster is there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I wonder if from Jeff Hardy's perspective, given that, I mean, his, his dismissal came from a house show incident. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, to him, he, he's telling Tony Khan, hey, dude, I was wrestling three times just because we were doing house shows. We don't do house shows here. So like every week is a massive step back for me, mm-hmm. but it I do wonder if they're if if figuring out the line between okay how much freedom do I give these wrestlers, even if they're really amped up and willing to do it and I'm paying them a bunch of money, you, you can't go into situations like double or nothing when you have a huge pay per view and Jeff Hardy looks like half himself, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I don't. It's not no, good it's, for it's the situation. crowd to witness something. Yeah, I mean, potentially the the risk yeah. is there for for someone to get hurt. 
The risk is there, and especially, and I don't mean to, you know, say that hey, he needs some handholding, but also a guy with Jeff history, Jeff Jeff Hardy's history, you know, if if he's putting his body through this stuff, there might be more temptation to turn to certain things to help alleviate that, um, and that's something that I think he, you know, you got to be aware of as an employer as well. And maybe he is, maybe they're all having these grown up conversations, but when I see on TV, it seems like maybe there might be more conversation that need to happen. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Let's talk about Raw. A Raw happened last night. Ooh. Raw cap. Raw cap. <laughs> um, yeah, it did. We're on the on on the road to uh, what is it called? Hell in Hell a Cell. Hell in a Cell. Yeah, it, last stop in, on Raw. Going into Raw, you wouldn't. Even, I actually kind of forgot there was a pay per view this weekend. Yeah, I keep on forgetting that. But yeah, this Sunday we're back at it because um, prior to this Raw, there's only three matches announced for the card. Now there's like double that. Yeah, we got a U.S. title match uh, added to it. We got the judgment day versus uh finn the aj club and, and live which judgment day is winning that one uh bull live club yeah bull live club oh yeah judgment day is totally winning that and did we get another one added was it uh Uso? well yeah the, well the usos uh, versus riddle and that is that gonna happen then yeah, that should i imagine that yeah that, that hell in a cell there. yeah yeah because they yeah. they won they in a very silly fashion they won the Do you think uh, that was that was a mess up not that Jimmy using the scooter that was that was supposed to happen, but I mean, yeah, yeah like Jimmy they in the cut, heat of the moment, he thought it was real. They cut the Jimmy and like he tries to hit uh, Riddle with the scooter. Look at like the first time he missed, and so he does it again. And then the, I think I wonder if the timing was off, and so uh, he was supposed to do it, missed, and he did it again. By that time, the ref turned around. Like, what is the ref supposed to do? <laughs> Jimmy had kind of a dull look on his face afterwards. I, I agree with that. I sort of thought that too, and I was like. Oh, this is a nice bit of acting <laughs> because because Jay looked kind of he looked kind of confused, too. He was like, should I celebrate this? Should I not celebrate this? I mean, the proper team won because like earlier on, we had a, a theory cost or get a champ a DQ'd. So Ali would face him in the U.S. title match right after, you know, of course, he beat down Ali before to, to really set himself up for an easy win. And that made sense. The mm-hmm. Usos, I know they didn't mean to get caught cheating, but for for that to happen and get caught doing it, I don't know. Well, there, the, the you, you might be right. There might have been four more seconds where Riddle then recoils and gets rolled up because he's he's banged in the head with the thing, and the yeah. ref hadn't seen it. Yeah, and they well, no, but then the Usos would get the win. So yeah, I don't know. Like, well, no, I mean he could have him get hit in the head with the scooter, roll up, kick out, and then. Maybe Riddle is supposed to hit that super RKO off the top to get the win, but they got in after mm-hmm. the match. I don't know. I mean, that's what's the timing of it seemed a little off. It seemed and, awkward. And, and, yeah, and there I'll was agree a little seemingly a little confusion a, after that, which made me think, well, maybe the, the something 
didn't go quite two weeks right. in a row when the weird timing and the and the miscommunications happened because that Oscar finish last week was crap. Mm-hmm. This week was uh, a little wonky too with the roll up, but I mean, I guess it's a roll up. Um, I like that Lashley and Amos uh, concluded the episode and made that feel bigger than it kind of is. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that match to be honest with you. I think they they need Amos to look big. But Bobby Lashley totally stood tall at the end of that. Yeah, I know. Um, well, but they do need Amos. At some point in this feud, Amos needs to get a win without any help. Yeah. The problem is that it's already a handicap match. Well, that t- you know, it's funny is that you throw in a guy who who eats pins left and right, MVP. Whenever he stay, whenever he gets, I know he didn't last time, but whenever he gets in the ring, he's dominated. So it's like, well, yeah, Lashley can just. But then if also, Moss is out of the way. He can just beat MVP. But also, he's going to have to deal. Lashley is going to have to deal with Cedric Alexander, seemingly. Yeah, which also seems to be a liability for MVP and a Moss. That's true. But if it's going to end up being the three of them against at Lashley, some point, Cedric's got to pay dividends, man. <laughs> you know, if know. It, Cedric, if you're going to prove your worth, if you're trying to get back into whatever hurt business you want to get back into. Maybe actually help out a little bit. I know. I know. It doesn't know. seem like he's doing that. But but the point is, if you want a Moss to look like, uh, to look dominant, he's got to get a clean one-on-one win over Lashley. What's probably going to happen is going to take three people to beat Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at yeah. that point, you're not doing a Moss any favors, really. You're, yeah, I know, but it's you know he's the centerpiece of a of a heel faction that that can win matches against Lashley. You're right, but he's a bad guy, so I feel like he gets a little bit more leeway in that respect. You know, I mean, normally, be, yeah, but a guy, nice. a guy who's what, nice. seven something, seven something feet tall and like three hundred something pounds. I know it's Lashley. He's the Almighty. He should need that much help. You know, you know, it'd be nice if they had a big monster heel who didn't need to cheat. Those are terrifying, and they never book them. They haven't they since Braun. Never book they haven't them. since Braun. You're right. And even Braun, like, oddly wouldn't win as much as he probably should have, you know. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's it's basically Brock. Like, why don't they try to replicate Brock? You know, when he was a bad guy, he was terrifying because he didn't need to cheat. This dude would just eat people alive. Why don't you try that with Amos? Or maybe they think that he needs... I don't know what the deal is. I don't I mean, know. Maybe it's a situation where he's not the most fluid in the ring, you know? Right, that could be. Yeah. And they're trying to find ways to kind of mask that somewhat. That's the only thing I can think of. Or but at maybe, the same time, he, how is he going to get better unless he just does it? It just takes maybe repetition. You're, maybe the idea is with Amos anyways, they're booking them. So they don't want to book themselves into a corner. It's like, okay, well, if he's a monster heel guy who can't be beat then why wouldn't he just like trudge straight to the to roman or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know maybe that has something to do with it but i, I think they they had it they had a decent thing in 2017 with braun yeah. and they just don't maybe they just don't know how to book that stuff i don't know i mean it seems easy you got a character who just likes to destroy stuff and he goes out and destroys stuff and does cool stuff and that's that's it and he could be outwitted you know yeah you, you can outwit a monster like that yeah and i uh, think that's the thing as long as the moss has a weakness then you know, he can be, seem unbeatable, you know, until someone discovers that weakness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the angle for me of the night was the Cody-Seth stuff. Seth is doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. Cody's bringing out the best in him. He's bringing out the best in Cody. Um, this is all really good stuff. Do you think Cody's going to go 3-0 and against Seth, or is this going to play out down the line? Seth wins here. Maybe Cody costs Seth money in the bank to sort of even those odds and Cody getting money in the bank will uh will sort of lessen the blow of going two and one against Seth. I mean going two and one against Seth ain't that bad of a thing. I know but at the same time though, if this is kind of the de facto blow off match of this feud, that's the one that really matters. Cody's gotta win it. He's gotta win it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Because well. I think also too, if and when Cody wins this, this is gonna have to send Seth into an absolute spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth is one of the few characters in WWE where it seems like feuds affect him long term. Sure, yeah. You know that's kind of one thing that WWE doesn't really do that well is mm-hmm. someone's in a feud with somebody that feuds over, and it's not like that character has changed after that feud. Mm-hmm. Um, which it, that's that should happen after every feud. You should learn something. You should change something. Should be different 
with that character yeah, right. at the exit of the feud. Anyways, yeah. Seth is one of the characters where they, where he, I feel like, consistently does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he takes three L's to Cody, you know, he's going to start questioning himself, and that that could be interesting because he's doing really good character work right now. It could it could enhance his character as well to you know go, to dive in a little bit more off the deep end. I think that could be that could be a lot of fun to see for Seth Rollins. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Mustafa Ali uh, got earned a, a U.S. title. Well, I guess earned a U.S. title opportunity against Theory. He had a championship contenders. Wait, no, I'm sorry, it's not a championship contender. It was match. a championship contenders match against Champa. Oh, is that what they could they actually call a championship mm-hmm, contenders I believe match? So I okay. thought I saw the 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 graphic. Okay, part. is this the first time that a championship contenders match? So. Didn't Involve include the champion? the champion. I don't think so. I think that's just what they call. Was there of- a number one contenders match in the in the women's division a couple weeks? ago? I don't know. With Oscar versus Becky Lynch, wasn't that considered? A no, championship it was. Match? Well, yeah, uh, yes, yes. I think that was also okay because it was originally so supposed to be thing. the six pack, and then <clears throat> Sasha and yeah. Naomi left, and so they did the one on one match. WWE always changing their definitions. In any event, uh, theory. Uh, ends up getting Ali, no, sorry, Champa uh, DQ'd. And then Theory says, hey, you wanted to, you know, this was for a, U- a future shot at the U.S. title. You get that match now, of course. Theory wins that easily because he just beat up Ali. And, uh, and then it's announced, well, McMahon didn't like that. He wants a fair fight at Hell in a Cell. So what is it? Is McMahon helping him or not? I know. Is it's he so, expecting unexpected? Is he still giving him the the learns it's, here? It's so arbitrary. It is arbitrary, but I think the idea is McMahon is he's just it's just it's just like a comment on his whims. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing Vince would do in real life, so we'll just write it into the show. Could Doesn't be. make any sense. No. Uh, theory ended up standing tall throughout this entire thing because even in a backstage interview. Uh, but I wonder if they just brought Ali back and was like, yeah, you're just going to lose a lot. He'll be in a U.S. championship match because like the math anyways indicates that theory would lose. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see that happening, though. No, I don't either. But maybe they'll do a thing where Ali picks up the win at Hell in the Cell and then like the following Raw, he loses it again. That'd be really cool to see him. I think part of it is like I just never want to get my hopes up that something cool is going to happen to a guy that I like a lot. Mustafa Ali. But uh, that'd be really cool for him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, let's just go ahead and dive into it. It kicked off sure. with the Becky Lynch promo. She says, it's been a while since I've welcomed everybody to Raw because I didn't feel like it without my title. She says, pretending I was okay, knowing so many of the fans prayed for my downfall. Maybe, meanwhile, they're all chanting Becky. They're all giving her as much of a face reception as anything. Uh, she says, so many of you hope that I never get my hands on the title again. But I don't do anything for the fans. I do it all for myself. And by the way, she's doing great work here on the mic. Yeah. Um, she says, I this this line was great. She says, I run on spite and coffee. And right now I'm feeling pretty fueled up. She says, some people collect stamps. Some collect friends. I collect enemies. And I know I'm going to keep con- collecting them because when I do, I know I'm on track. And I'm only days away from getting my title back at Hell in a Cell. She says, the odds are stacked against me, but I defy those odds. Right now, I'm going to take us back to Money in the Bank 2020. She had a little slideshow there with her and Asuka. She said, there's Asuka holding the contract. She earned her way to the top uh, like I knew she could. She said, when I went off to create life like the god I am, and that got a couple boos. Uh, she says, I generously gave Asuka the greatest gift of her career. I gave her the title, but then I had a plan. She said, even at that point, I had that plan in mind. She said, I knew Asuka was the best, and I knew I could beat her for that title. So I figured Asuka would hold the title until I came back, beat her for it, then nobody would be able to beat me. She says, but what I realize now is I created a selfish monster by handing Asuka that title. Then Asuka interrupts. She comes to the ring, says, Becky's still big-time baby, does her best impression of a baby, which I always love. She says, nobody's ready for Asuka, not Becky, not Bianca, because at Hell in a Cell, I'm ready to be new champion. And then Becky says, that's not how it's going to work, brother. She's interrupted by Bianca Belair. Says, both of you need to stop. She says, I'm not crying about having to defend my title in a triple threat. It is what it is. And unlike you guys, I like to do my talking in the ring. She says, I respect you, Asuka, but you kicked me last week. So in this match we got coming up now, she says, I'm going to have a lot to say to you. And she says, Becky, I can't wait to give you a piece of my mind at Hell in a Cell. 
She says, I don't care what the odds are. The only percentage I'm sure of is that I'm 100% sure this title's not going anywhere, and I'm 100% sure I'm going to drop Becky like I did at WrestleMania. Becky sucker punches Bianca. Asuka then takes out Becky. A big brawl breaks out. Bianca dumps Becky on the apron, and Asuka hip attacks her to the floor. And then we get Bianca Belair versus Asuka. We do, and Becky joins commentary. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Really fun match. Uh, I, was, I was actually fairly surprised that we had a clean finish here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I was surprised by that. Too. So down the stretch, Bianca's looking for a KOD. Asuka escapes that. And when she falls, she's selling knee. She rolls out of the ring. Bianca follows. She puts Asuka back on the ring. And then she starts talking crap to Becky. She gets in the ring. Uh, Asuka hits a pop-up knee, gets a two. So Asuka's looking for an Asuka lock. Uh, Bianca powers out of that, hits a glam slam. She's looking for the handspring moonsault, misses that. Asuka tries to roll her up. Instead, Bianca counters with a roll-up of her own to get the win. Basically, as soon as Bianca rolled up Asuka, Becky was off commentary on her way to the ring. So basically, mm-hmm, as soon yeah. as that bell rang for the end of the match, Bianca, or sorry, Becky was in there. Uh, she hits Asuka with an exploder, and then Bianca with a manhandle slam. Yep. Uh, after that, we had the Mysterios and Ezekiel versus the Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens. More fun stuff from all these guys here. Kevin Owens cracks me up. He's he's such an MVP these days. Oh, he's he really doing is. really, really great work. Uh, in the end, uh, uh, so the Mysterios kind of get a double 619 on Gable. Uh, Ezekiel follows that with his twisting suplex finish to get the win here. Oh, that was all um, kind of set up because Kevin Owens accidentally super kicked Chad Gable. Correct. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That was good stuff. And I like that after the match, like Owens is like selling the loss and behind them, you can see Gable kind of fuming about it. It was some pretty good TV direction there. Yeah, that, that was good stuff. Uh, then we had a the Kev, uh, Kevin, gosh, Cody Rhodes promo. Uh, he says, I've always been a fan of Seth Rollins from the very first time I saw him. You can see the potential for great things. Someone else saw the same potential. And he says, I don't have to say his name. It's the man who raised me. That's it's Dusty. Dusty Rhodes. It's Dusty. It's Dusty Rhodes. So anyways, Dusty told him that Seth had all the ingredients uh, that to be a generational talent. We all know that Seth has lived up to the hype. So imagine you're me, you're Cody Rhodes. You get the call, you get your second chance, and it's against Seth at WrestleMania. And he says, I was nervous because uh, even after everything I had, I had done, everywhere I went, I couldn't return to WWE and, and be a loser. A loser. <laughs> he said, but I didn't. Uh, I had to be at the top of my game at WrestleMania, and I was. Uh, I won at Backlash 2. I was the better man, and it has driven Seth mad. And he says, jealousy leads men to desperate measures. Seth is an egomaniac, and he wants everything for himself. And that is one of the things that makes Seth so dangerous. So Sunday, he says, I'm walking into the biggest challenge of my career, and I need Seth to know this, to hear this, to feel this. What I'm going to say next. All the respect I have for Seth. Every ounce of my self-control will be, and every ounce of my self-control will be locked outside uh, hell in a cell. Seth can be locked inside with the man who wants to hurt him. So Cody gets interrupted by Seth, who's coming. And so he's, oh, but no, he doesn't come out and dance on, on the stage. He's in the crowd, man, of the people. He says, uh, <laughs> it's funny because he was walking down, and when he stopped, there's... <laughs> There's like a dad holding his like three year old, or I think it was like a three year old little baby boy, and he he was like reaching out trying to touch Seth. I was so distracted that it was hilarious. Anyways, 
He's like, oh, Seth, get your power. Uh, so he tells Cody, so you, you can wax poetic all night long about my motivation. He said, or about your motivation. He says, but I'll make it very easy for you to understand. It's quite simple. He says, I don't like you and I don't want you here. He says, I tried to accept this new version of Cody, but every week the pandering got worse and the Cody chants got louder. And now all I hear in my sleep is Cody, Cody, and I can't stand it any longer. He says, Cody, you left WWE six years ago because you weren't good enough. And every single day you were gone, you and your little friends tried to tear down what I was building here. And when that didn't work out so well, you came running back. You return home to fulfill your family legacy. Well, not on my watch, Jack. Cody doesn't get to be the conquering hero in my kingdom. You don't get to take a sledgehammer to the throne and then come back and try to take that throne from me. He says, I'm going to say it again. I don't like you. I don't want you here. And in six days at Hell in a Cell, I'm going to prey on your insecurities. And I'm not just going to change you. I'm going to end you. And then we can all wake up from this American nightmare. It was really good stuff. Uh, really good stuff. So Cody asks Seth, well, what's stopping you? What's stopping me? These ropes, the barricade, what's stopping us? What are we waiting for? Time for talk is over. Uh, why don't you come to this ring and let's talk with actions. Let's go. So Seth says, oh, you want to do this now? So he starts kind of walking down the barricade. He's about to jump over. It stops. He goes, I'll see you Sunday, Cody. So he starts walking back up the, the crowd. Cody gets upset, jumps the barricade, goes after Seth. They start brawling the crowd. Cody spears Seth through the barricade, hits some ground and pounds, some stomps. Of course, refs producers come out to break it up, including Curtis Axel. Mm -hmm. um, so Seth eventually, though, breaks free, kind of restarts the brawl again. Yet again, producers break it up, and, and Cody's escorted up the ramp and backstage. Well, he comes sprinting back out, tackles Seth, more brawl until it's broken up again. This was one of those, like, really cool special brawls you know like cody goes back and then all of a sudden you see him sprinting out in the background back out again and seth's work like you know the camera would get really close and i'll see you in hell really really stellar stuff here this was really awesome yeah it was good uh after that we had alexa bliss versus dewdrop they got it they got to figure out a lot i mean besides alexa bliss just wins in the face of all odds, like Nikki A.S.H. was like fucking with her up on the apron. Alexa Bliss pretty easily kicked her away while she had Dew drop down in the drop zone, hit Twist Bliss and won. Um, it, no, stop. <laughs> of course, every time we talk about her, yes. my stupid thing turns on. Um, yeah, dude, it's funny because commentary was mentioning, you know, where's the Alexa Bliss? Of old, the one who will do anything to win. Yeah. And then on Twitter, she responded with, I miss that Alexa too. And so, or I miss that version of me too. And I wonder if there's some creative frustration. They're like, hey, you don't have a real, like there's so much history they can mine with her and Nikki. And it's like, they're just, they're just spinning their wheels, figuring out, is there a story here? What's the story going to be I like? Know. Why not even just in the meantime have Nikki mess with Alexa's doll or something just to just to try something and see where it goes? I know, I know. They they don't really have anything. Alexa, stop talking. Sorry, everybody. Oops. Anyway, no, you're right. Out of here. I don't even know why it's in here. Yeah, uh, use it. You're right. They gotta figure out something for her because right now it's just her. Like she didn't get a whole lot of offense off in this match. Like Dewdrop was dominating for a good portion of it. She missed the Vader bomb, and then, yeah, Nikki comes over to try to distract Bliss while she's uh, on the top rope. Alexa kicks her off easily, and then hits Twisted Bliss for the win. So one reason why I think Raw, like I, I saw it like in the chat last night and in, in my stream, uh, people were saying, yeah, Raw was pretty mid. That was the word that was being thrown around a lot. And when I watched it last night, I did the thing where I was fast running through commercials and recaps. And I was like, oh, this is okay. Now, admittedly, and I know, Larson, I know you're going to put this on my performance review this year. I fast forwarded through the entirety of Ms. TV. It until was a it, mess. Until it, until it got to the 24-7 stuff. It when I saw the 24-7 stuff. 
But Amen. Miz and Street Profits were in there talking forever, and I knew that they weren't going to talk about anything special. And then I'm looking at the notes that you wrote here, and none of it seems like it's necessary in any way, shape, no, or form. No, Am I correct? No. You're correct, because this kicks off Miz is in the ring first. He hypes up uh, the premiere of season three of Miz and Misses, says Maurice is going to be on Raw next week. So that's good news, because Maurice oh, is Oh, I great. love her. She's great. She's great. So, so Street Profits come down. And there is a couple funny moments here where the Street Profits are talking and the Miz does the thing where he holds up his hand and, and you know, which he wants people to be quiet then. And Dawkins turns around, gives him a high five. That's funny. They're funny then, guys. Yeah, yeah, and then he does it again. And then and then Dawkins is like, or I think was it Dawkins is asked, do you have a question? And that's when the 24-7 scene comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dana Brooke runs to the ring. Uh, Tazao is chasing after her. The whole 24-7 locker room comes out. It's good to see Dijak because he – just about destroyed Akira Tozawa with that choke slam. Holy that cow. choke slam was amazing. That was great. And I, I actually really appreciate the 24 7 stuff. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, they usually keep it pretty efficient. And I like the Tamina Tozawa stuff. You know, uh, she ends up, uh, she wins the title and then, you know, gives Tozawa a kiss. He gives her a backslide pin. And then he gets the title and he bolts out of there. So I thought, yeah, that stuff is fine. And I, and I like that, like, the Street Profits were kind of like just sitting there with some. You know, uh, uh, acting like they had some popcorn. Well, I and did like I did they were like, getting well, involved too, punching yeah. people. Which well, I like funny. yeah when when Dijak hits the that choke slam and the Ford super kicks him out of the ring. Yeah, I like that stuff. That like it kept good. them involved and and it kept them with a little bit of an edge because we saw that in their feud with RK Bro. And then during the whole Miz TV thing, it wasn't really there. And then at least hey, we want to be involved in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But man, I was fa- I was like. I just can't. I don't care. I know. I mean, most of the, most of what the Street Profits did when they were in the ring was the stuff they've been doing for a long time. Where they'll come and come in, or you know, like they'll do a promo just to hype up either Raw or the next pay per view or something. Yeah, I can't stand that. They should be they should be a vital part of your show. Number one, they they still need. You know, they, they got unfortunately for them because like a year ago, two years ago, we were talking about man, they need to break up. Um, unfortunately for them, they've got a great name. A killer theme song. People love them. They've got something that really works. And WWE is always so hesitant to change something on that level when it when it when it's working already. They either and need to turn heel or they need to break up. They teased heel like a couple weeks ago, and it was great. It was like, ooh, they're actually like you know trying to 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 grab at that at that mysterious brass ring, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, using any means necessary so yeah so i don't know look if people like the segment sorry i didn't watch it to review it my apologies but one of us did (laughs) it was just it was all over the place it was all over the place and it was one of those things where it's all over the place and uh, the only thing it really achieved was the 24 7 stuff i understand miz wanted to plug his show Mm -hmm. for some reason wb wants street profits out there to hype up the pay-per-view rather than being involved in a storyline well, dude, I'll tell you, that's the reason why I fast forward, because as soon as Miz made his entrance, they said, oh, we're going to have Miz TV. He's here. I think they literally said he's here to promote season three of Miz and Mrs. I was like, no, not to me, buddy. No, I've seen the commercials. It, it looks fine. And I'm sure it's actually a really funny show. They're a very charismatic couple. Um, and now they have to deal with having like kids and stuff. It's probably good. I don't need to be, it doesn't need to be promoted to me in a Miz TV segment. It mm. doesn't, and I'm not mm. going to fucking sit there and watch it. So mm-hmm. I'm putting my foot down, man. Good, good. Take a stand, Steve. Uh, after that, we had what might have been a championship contender match or just might have been all, if Ali wins, he gets the title shot. Champa versus Mustafa Ali Theory uh, joins commentary. Uh, so Champa's uh, dominating early on. Eventually, Ali hits clothesline, sends Champa to the apron, boots him to the floor. Follow the suicide dive. I've never seen anybody tell a suicide dive like this, where Champa jumps in the air and does a flat back bump as oh, Ali yeah. is making contact. Yeah, I had never yeah. seen that before. It looked great. It looked it really look great. great. Yeah, it looked like yeah. you got for a destroyed. second. I was like, "Oh my god, is he okay?" Yeah, because that that stupid ta- the commentary desk is there. They need to put that back up on the they stage. Do. Man. They do. They do. So then Ali gets in the in the ring. Sorry, puts Champa in the ring. He goes up top. Theory knocks him off, so Ali wins by DQ. And then Theory starts beating up Mustafa Ali, kicks him against the ring steps, hits some punches, throw him into the ring's post, and then grabs the mic and says, uh, you know, uh, you, uh, a win by DQ. Some might call it the coward's way out, but a win is a win. 
He says, I'm on another level. Uh, why wait for the U.S. title match? Let's do it right now. We go to commercial. We come back, and the U.S. title match starts. Yeah, and it's a pretty quick one because Ali's already beat up. Theory gets the win here with A-Town down, and he starts taking selfies. So that brings out Adam Pierce. He comes to the ramp, tells Theory, hey, check check your texts. He says, while Vince was impressed with how you got the U.S. title match to happen, he says he has decided he wants to see Theory versus Ali in a fair fight at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's going to happen. That is going to happen. Uh, after that, we had Riddle backstage. He dropped a promo talking about Orton. This is kind of lengthy. He says, I love you, Randy. He says, but Duso's messed with the wrong dude, and I'm going to get my vengeance. He is Bloodline Hunter. He says, just because Randy's out doesn't mean I came alone. And then Nakamura steps in. This actually popped me. He says, him and Riddle are two Ronin wandering down the road with common purpose to bleed the bloodline dry. And then Riddle called himself a, the Bronin and the Ronin. <laughs> Which I- Oh, Bronin, that's so stupid. Uh, he says he's going to take their tag titles, and there's nothing that tribal piece of trash can do about it. And that bout was next. This was for sure was a championship contender match, Usos versus. Yes, th- this was advertised last week, and we yeah. got it now. So, yeah. yes, it is, 1,000%. So, uh, as typical in a, in a riddle tag match, he's isolated. Uh, eventually, though, gets the hot tag to Nakamura. Nakamura starts laying into the Usos. Uh, you set up for a Kinshasa. Jay gets on the apron to distract him. Uh, Jimmy hits Nakamura with a super kick. Tags in Jay. Jay hits the top rope splash. Uh, Riddle breaks up that pin. We go to commercial. Come back. Nakamura gets the hot tag to Riddle. Riddle goes on a run. Uh, he's looking for a draping DDT on Jay. Jay backdrops Riddle out of the ring, though. But this was actually really great. So as Riddle is flying over the top rope down to the floor, Nakamura tags himself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, Jay, that was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. Jay runs into a Kinshasa. Jimmy breaks up that pin. So then Jay super kicks Nakamura into his own corner. Riddle tags himself in. Does uh, you know, the the power slams, draping DDT. He's looking for an RKO. Jay blocks, hits a super kick on him. Uh, so Jay is trying to distract the ref. And while that's happening, while Riddle is 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 laid out on the ropes, Jimmy comes over with his scooter and again like. <laughs> Looks like he missed hitting him the first time, so it does it again. By the time he does it again, the ref had yeah. turned around and sees it, so he DQs yeah. the Usos. Yeah. And so Jimmy and Nakamura brawl on the floor, and then Jimmy throws him with the timekeeper area. Uh, both Usos go up the top rope to hit splashes. Nakamura gets in the ring. He kicks Jimmy off the top rope, and then Riddle goes on the opposite corner, hits a super RKO on Jay. Yeah, it was a, it was a really great looking super RKO, but I think you might have a point, man. I think you it totally might have been the thing point. where he hits him with the scooter, and then they are looking for the double splashes, and then the finish was going to be the super RKO. Oh, that could be. That could yeah, that been. could totally it's be. Step, just pure speculation. It looked weird though. They all look. I I love when when wrestlers fuck something up, and then they all just stand there like. But it's amazing. They do that for a little bit, and then they're like, okay, well, this is. Do oh something. yeah, they re rack. They re rack quickly, but that one little moment of. Uh, <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, and if I was in that situation, I'd be there five minutes trying to decide what to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would be. I would be so loud about it. Oh, I think I just messed that up. Should we start over? No, we're live, you idiot. You've been doing this for twenty years. Oh, it's been that long. <laughs> it's been like, well, yeah, really. When did I start? Uh, seems like I- just yesterday. <laughs> After that, back uh, backstage, Mustafa Ali uh, has got an interview. He's hoarding right now. He says, but all this pain I'm feeling, I'm going to make sure it's worth it. I've been through hell and back to earn this opportunity. And I don't care what tricks theory plays to keep me down because I'm getting back up. He says, this Sunday, I know the odds are against me, but I won't back down. And he says, I'm walking out. Oh, that's right. They're in Chicago in his hometown. It's not winning. <sighs> So he's laid out from behind by Theory, who takes a selfie, walks out, and says, new champ, my ass. Now, it would be great if they had Mustafa Ali win the U.S. title in his hometown. WWE doesn't do that, though. They don't do that. They kind of do the opposite. Okay, but wait a second. Haven't they been bucking that trend over the past year or so? Like, they've been having people win in their hometown? Give me an example. Shit, what the hell? You know I'm not going to have Well, if you're going to bring it up, you got to come armed with some some examples, man. Oh, stop yelling at me. I thought uh, no, I don't. I don't have any examples. 
but uh, but just, and just sort of just in the, the the general fog of my memory, I swear that's something that they like started recall. redoing. I don't, I don't recall. I don't recall. Right. Historically speaking, if you have a match in your hometown, you lose in WB. The worst was like, wasn't like Sasha at Hell in a Cell? Didn't she yeah. lose that match yeah. in Boston? Yeah. In Boston, yeah, that was. Rough. But it made all the sense in the world for her to win. I'll right, continue. Sense. Keep keep just keep doing. All something. right, well, think about it. Think think if you come with an example, and then we could discuss it further. Uh, we got Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley next. Uh, so uh, they try to do the 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 bit again, where they do actually, where Liv is going for a finish. No edge this week, but Damian Priest uh, is there, grabs Rhea by the belt, so Liv can't hit her finish. Rhea covers this time. Liv kicks out. Uh, Rhea is looking for a, a, a Riptide. Liv counters with a backstabber and then covers her to get the win. So the uh, priest pulls AJ out of the ring after the match, throws in the barricade. Liv's it's like, hey, get off him. Stop it. So Priest gets in the ring. Finn Balor runs down to make the save. Uh, Liv hits Rhea with a missile drop kick, and then AJ hits Priest with phenomenal forearm. Finn follows with a coup de gras. Uh, we got a, a mixed uh, six-person tag match coming up at Hell in a Cell that Judgment Day is totally going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. This the the stand the go home math here was like too. All right. See, White Brownie has an example much. from WrestleMania 33. Nami won the SmackDown was title in her hometown. Yeah, I know. I saw that one, but I'm looking for something that is a little bit more recent. A little bit more recent. Yeah. All right. Well, you look into that. So the main event segment was uh, the Lashley Amos and MVP contract signing hosted by Adam Pearce. Uh, so he introduces a segment that says, "All right, uh, each year sign it. Let's make it official." Um, so MVP says, you know, this should never have come to this. We shouldn't be here. I did everything for you, Lashley. I got you everything, uh, that you wanted this Sunday. It won't be a match with rules. There'd be no cage that you can uh, go through and accidentally win. The only thing that awaits him is a brutal beating, uh, that he's going to put on him with a moss. He says the almighty air exists because of me and it's nothing without you. So it's fitting that it comes to an end. So he signs the contract. Lashley says, well, that's an interesting story you just spun, but you got it wrong. I never needed you. I realized that you latched on to me to make yourself relevant. And MVP just yells at him, sign the deal. Uh, Lashley says, you know, through all this, I considered you a friend. And then MVP says, I considered you a brother. Now sign the Mm -hmm. damn contract. Yeah. So Lashley says, this contract says it's a handicap match, but really it's an opportunity for me uh, to send both of you to hell. He signs. Pierce says, it's official. Uh, MVP says, uh, Lashley, you're so full of nervous, uh, anxious energy for this Sunday. Let's not wait. Um, and so they stand up. They're about to brawl. Pierce is like, whoa, take it easy. Lashley dumps the table out of the ring. Pierce calls in security. Amos and Lashley take them all out. They have a stare down. And then Cedric comes in, chop blocks Lashley. Uh, eventually, Lashley takes him out with a spine buster. Uh, Amos gets laid out as well. Sorry, Amos lays out Lashley. MVP hits him with some grounded pound. Tells Amos to get a table. Amos brings him to the ring, set in the corner. Looks for a slam on Lashley. Instead, Lashley escapes and spears Amos through the table to uh, to, to stand tall. Did you see the, uh, the awesome look from MVP? So Lashley was addressing MVP. By the way, it was last month. Bianca versus Sonia in Knoxville. Um, Bobby Lashley was cutting his promo. And he was looking at MVP. Camera cuts to MVP and he goes like this. <laughs> and then Bobby Lashley turned to Amos and punctuated his promo oh, with that's him. Funny. I was like, oh, that was a great little, nice little inside moment that they captured, the camera captured right there. Yeah. But yeah, he totally darted his eyes towards Amos. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and Lashley looked over, which in my, I wonder if, you know, if MVP is, is sort of still has his hand in some of the, we always heard that. Yeah. And that, I, w- I would really love for that to still be the case. Um, you know, I know we've criticized this feud a little bit as being a bit too talky, but I, I don't want to criticize somebody for at least being ambitious and maybe MVP if, or just whoever's doing creative here is trying to bring a bit more out of a must by doing talkie segments and trying to add some dimension. I can't really criticize that necessarily. Well, I mean, I guess the thing that with the, uh, the talkie segments is it's that it's MVP doing the talking, not so much Moss. I know and that's most, the thing. Most yeah. of what MVP saying is you took the spotlight for yourself. Lashley at WrestleMania. I made you that's, that's 
What I M- know. What, that's what MVP has been saying for months. And it this hasn't feud really feels more like that. Lashley versus MVP as it opposed really to does. Lashley. Oh, that's totally what it is. Moss. That's totally what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyways, let's go ahead and answer some questions sure. here. Let's see here. I have a thread up here on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Uh, if you can't make the show live, you can ask us a question there. Uh, let's see here. David Matushek, if you were to get a wrestling personal tax consultant that is not IRS or DiBiase, who would it be? Cameron Grimes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly who I was going to say. Because not only does he have to deal with taxes in terms of being, uh, you know, a wrestler, independent contractor, stonks. He, also, the stonks, which is probably a pain in the ass as well. He's yeah, probably learned a lot. Capital from that. gains there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, White Brownie says, if Cody goes three and zero against Seth, what should be next for him? But also, what do you think will be next for him? Should be and will be is money in the bank. He's going to win that briefcase. Yeah, he should. He should and he will. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alex Foster, if you were to have a wrestler recreate their own pipe bomb, but instead of being good, it's just awkward and cringeworthy, who would you want to cut the promo? So, so like, name v? some epic. V- oh, not the pipe bomb, a Promo he says of, their own pipe bomb, so I mean, I think he means their own iconic promo. So, like, iconic promos like Flair's Tear in My Eye, Punk's actual times. pipe bomb. Yeah. Pipe bomb. Uh, yeah, the King of the Ring Austin thing. I mean, if Flair tried to do that now, it'd probably come off as weird. Mm-hmm. Although, maybe not. He's old and, and, and he's, he's sobby a lot. So, maybe it'd be really good. Could be. Could be. Otis. Oh. I don't know what 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 promo did Otis ever cut. No, it's so pro to, Otis doing the tear in my eye promo. How about that? That might be really good to be honest. That could with you. Be. Otis that could be. Makes, oh yeah, any any Von Wagner promo. Oh gosh. Uh, Roz Cody asks, who dresses better, Cody or Seth? Who's got more drip? It's not even close. It's Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, MWE DX Extreme says, did you know that the women main evented Raw all May five straight weeks? Oh. That's really cool. That is cool. Uh, Cornbread Haas, what is your favorite contract signing? It's Punk. It's Cena after Punk came back in 2011 for their SummerSlam match. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite. Uh, Let's see here. When Blake Whitehouse, when Mandy Rose gets called back up to main roster, will they keep her gimmick or go back to her old one? Oh, no, they're going to keep this. She's going to be toxic attraction. Yeah, it'll Mandy. be a toxic attraction. Probably be called up together. You know, she's getting a lot of really good reps in at NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like she is a completely new person and uh, and it's it's done her a lot of good. It has. It has. Uh, Oregon grinder Steve versus Larson at Hell in a Cell with Enforcer as guest referee. What is your general strategy against each each other? My general strategy is don't get hurt. Yeah, right. You've never yeah. seen so many rest holds in a Hell in a Cell match. I'll tell you what. Oh man, it's all just on the mat. Not we're not using the cell at all. No, there will no be no using of the cell. Um, our bigs. What's what would be? This is the better question. What would be our big spot? Like, would we even climb up, let's say, two feet up on the on the cell? To do what, though? Um, fall to our feet, fall flat on like on our feet, land. Just it. climb up to tee something and then drop back down. Just go, ha ha ha. We're not doing a high spot. No, we climb up, and we're only like two feet above the ground. Start like acting like we're pushing each other, mm-hmm. and then I grab your head. I act like I ram it in the cage, and then we both fall back. <laughs> Okay, but we both land on our on feet. Our feet, yeah, because we're only two feet up. Yeah, all right, yeah. sure, sure. That's huge. Yeah, that that's is massive. Big. That's a high spot. Uh, Oof. Mr. DJ says middle turnbuckle double axe handle. Mm, no. Can't do that. I could do that. That's I could do too much. much. I could. Do so much. can I. <laughs> Still, that's a level of uh, of intensity of action that you're not interested in. It's so weird being in a wrestling ring. Like when we got in to take our picture with a uh, Tonga kid. Yeah, it was weird being in the ring. Don't know what to do with myself. Uh, Mr. Pied Lord says, uh, who was this week's plus Delta Raw superstar? Oh, Seth Rollins. Okay. 
He's totally the he's been the plus delta for a while. Uh, White Brownie is asking, does Cody jump off hell in the cell? No, they don't. They don't. I don't think they let him do that anymore. Yeah, no, I don't want to see anybody do any of that stuff. Just I want them to act like the cage isn't even there. <laughs> I guess the real buddy. question is if if if, if Cody is going to bleed. Oh, yes. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't oh, know. that's happening. Unless he's willing yeah. to pay that fine. I don't know. Oh, man. Dude, he's got the most complex contract in WWE Something history. tells me blood isn't in there, buddy. He's going to tell He's gonna tell Vince. He's like, oh, yeah, no, my lawyers have it in there. You, just, you can go ahead and look at it. And he, he has hands the, him like the gory a self stack. The gory self-mutilation clause in there. Clause, yeah, exactly. And he hands him like a giant stack of papers, and it's like his contract. He's like, go ahead, look in there. I'm, I'm, I promise you it's in there. I don't want to look at all this shit. Fine, go bleed. God Fine. damn it, Go. pal. You got God your blood. God damn it. I want to see a crimson mask. Gory self-mutilation. Maggie gifted a sub to Bazooki Goon. Thank you very much, Maggie. Thank and with you, Maggie. that, everybody, we'll be back at around 3.30 Pacific for our bonus episode today uh, for patrons, Twitch subs, and YouTube channel members. Uh, we'll talk about AEW. <laughs> I don't know okay. what. Contenders to beat do. Punk for the title. Now nah, let's do, or you'd rather do things that ha- that should happen at uh, Hell in a Cell because that, oh, that yeah. could be pretty funny. Sure, that's yeah, pretty that's funny because we got Owens versus Ezekiel too. That's true. That's also going to happen. Should there. have Elias show up to help Ezekiel win, and the other brother, Elijah, Elijah, yeah. or Giuseppe. Yeah, Kevin Owens already called him Giuseppe. That is correct. Uh, anyways, thanks everybody. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.